Good morning, everyone. My name is Brandon. I'm one of the pastors here at Legacy. Welcome to summer and one of my most favorite sermon series, At the Movies, or as we're calling it this time around, At the Mini Movies. This month, you'll watch an entire short film during the message, and we'll explore together where the story intersects with God and the Bible. We've had a great time putting these messages together and believe you're going to be blessed and challenged through them. Let's start with the short film, Feast, Life Through the Eyes of a Dog. Watch this.
Winston the pup, after hating the disruption and change of eating all that new and healthy food, is so, so very happy to have all of his table food back. But at what cost? His friend is beyond sad with his relationship ending. And did you see when he was in the shower with macaroni and cheese just sitting there? That's absolutely heartbreaking. Winston is happy right now, but his friend is not. Both Winston and his friend have had so many ups and downs. What is a pup to do? Now the ups and downs remind me of the man who wrote the book of Philippians in our Bibles. It's in the back quarter of your Bible. It's a small letter. You can flip there now if you want to follow along or we'll be in chapter two. This letter was written by Paul. Paul was a first century missionary, church planter, and evangelist. This is, without a sh beyond a shadow of a doubt, his happiest letter. It is evident and infectious from the first few verses of it. And his circumstances have absolutely nothing to do with his happiness. Paul is under house arrest in Rome for disrupting the peace, for having the nerve to talk about Jesus and causing a scene. House arrest was a holding tank for the accused before his trial. Paul had been waiting years, several years, waiting for that to happen. Now in that day, the accused paid for his own rent, food, blanket, pen, ink, everything. So Paul was dependent upon money from his friends to survive. It was incredibly dangerous for anyone to support someone accused of a capital crime like Paul. But the believers in the town of Philippi did so. Paul is unmistakably happy in the midst of his circumstances, all the ups and downs of his life, in prison, his work under attack from competitors, and after 20 years, 20 years of hard traveling in the service of Jesus, I bet he was tired and welcomed some relief. And yet, yet he is still happy writing to the people of Philippi. Now the church in Philippi is not large. It was a Roman colony in the mountains of Greece it was full of fiercely patriotic Italian war veterans, and they despised Jews, like Paul. There was no synagogue for the Christians to meet in for worship, just a place by the river where a few women met to pray. It was here. It was right here where Paul met a woman named Lydia, a dealer in luxury fabrics and the matriarch of a large household, and they all came to Jesus, in addition to some of her relatives, clients, and slaves. Now, please note, Lydia was a woman who we would today call a pastor. She was a pastor to this church. She helped it, all of them grow closer to Christ. Now, you can push back against people that like to say only men are pastors, and Paul said so because, well, it's not true. Paul worked with many women who we would call today pastors. This small group of believers hung onto their faith, and they financed Paul's work over and over again and supported him under house arrest. Let's take a look at Paul's letter in Philippians 2 on just how he found happiness and joy in the midst of his circumstances. We get a glimpse in this chapter of just how happy Paul is no matter what situation he finds himself in. Let's pick it up in chapter 2, verse 1. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? any fellowship together in the spirit are your hearts tender and compassionate then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other loving one another and working together with one mind and purpose don't be selfish don't try to impress others 
Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Paul's key to happiness, no matter what the circumstances, is this. Remaining in Christ, staying connected to the Holy Spirit, and staying connected to others who are doing the very same thing, working together in unison, following after Jesus. Years ago, I went to a Cirque du Soleil show and on vacation. The actors and acrobats were incredible. They moved and synced and flew through the air with ease, belaying the fact that it took them so much time to practice, to know each other's movements, and to learn where to move when. Paul wants the church to move like this. Paul wants the church to move in sync, to love each other like that in unison, in concert with each other and with Jesus. Paul gives us specifics on how we love each other. If we're really moving in unison together, this is what it looks like. He spells it out in verse 3 and 4. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Think of others as better than yourself. And take your eyes off of yourself every now and then. And take a real interest in other people. In short, to find happiness regardless of our circumstances, Paul is asking followers of Jesus everywhere to grow up and to grow out of ourselves. Grow up and grow out of only our own interests. As we grow in our relationship with Jesus, as we're shaped through worship and prayer, Bible studies and service and other practices, our hearts, our behaviors change. It's the human default setting to be selfish, to look out for ourselves first, to try to one-up each other and to be viewed as higher in the pecking order. There's a reality that the high school pecking order never changes if we don't decide to live a different way. Paul says, in effect, if you want to be happy, you need to live a different way. You need to follow in Jesus' footsteps. You need to grow up. You need to grow out of yourself. Look out for not only your own interests, but the interests of others too. If you want happiness that cannot be changed by any external circumstances, that's where it's found in Jesus. The notion to look out for others, it cuts against the grain of our highly individualized, success-driven, notice-me social media world. But a growing body of evidence says this is absolutely true, even outside of the Bible. Helping others helps us. Volunteering has a positive impact on our mental and our physical health. Actively caring for others often yields greater physical and psychological benefits than being cared for ourselves. Helping others in the workplace seems to improve our career satisfaction. And financial generosity has psychological payoffs. And early research even suggests that people of faith endure some of the hardest parts of the pandemic, lockdowns, and disconnections from friends and family. People of faith did better than those, the non-believers. Now, our mission at Legacy is built almost entirely around looking out for the interests of others. We are an intentional community of impact, growing hope, healing, and wholeness through Jesus. Building a community means you have to listen to others, to know their needs, to know what they truly are. And if you want to make a difference, if you want to make an impact, you need to listen to the needs of others so you can help meet them. Our very existence is based upon connecting with others' needs in addition to our own. It is so hard to break out of the selfish mentality. We are hardwired to put ourselves first and above everyone else. Yet the more you follow Jesus, 
The more you truly worship and serve and pray and read scripture, the more your heart and desires line up with how Paul encourages us to live in this passage. And our lives are improved by looking out for others. It is the counterintuitive way of Jesus. If you want to take care of yourself, you need to grow up. You need to grow out of yourself and see the needs of others. Lydia learned from Paul and urged her church to support him while he was in prison. She grew up and grew out of herself along with her whole church. So now, what will Winston the pup do for his friend? Let's watch this. That was one strong pup to resist all that steak that fell right in front of him and all the other food just raining down around him. But Winston had a mission. He had a mission to look out for his friend and he was gonna accomplish it no matter what. That was not clearly his first choice. He loved table scraps, but his friend's happiness was more important than bacon. Yes, I know it's a shocking and controversial thing to say, so I'll say it again. His friend's happiness was more important than bacon. He gave up something he loved for the person he loved more. It was a very Christ-like thing to do for that dog. Now notice, he was content at the end. He was satisfied with the choice that he made. Winston had found joy and peace and happiness knowing his friend was the same, that his friend was joyful and happy. Friends, we are not fully ourselves. We are not fully the way God has made us to be if we're not looking out for other people. Winston chose to be selfless, putting the interests of another ahead of his own. And Winston found contentment in that. Paul would have been very impressed. Winston grew up and grew out of himself, just like we're supposed to do in our journey with Christ. We followers of Jesus are called to sacrifice. We're called to give up what we want for the sake of others. So how is Jesus calling you to sacrifice for the ones you love? Is there a step you need to take in your life this week to look out for others? 
because your life, your life is improved by growing up and growing out of yourself. Parents, by definition, do this and should do this. Parents give up so much for their children so their children can have education and opportunities and experiences perhaps they did not themselves have. Parents will delay things they want to get so their children can have what they need. For whom is Christ calling you to sacrifice this week? You know, many times when we give up for others, we receive joy, contentment, and peace from the Holy Spirit because we lived as we're designed to live. We've acted in the way God has wired us to act from the beginning. And that is satisfaction. That is happiness in and of itself. Sometimes, though, when we sacrifice, when we give up something for those we love, something even greater, something even more profound comes back to us that we never saw coming. And it happens to Winston. Let's check out the end of the film together. Winston had no idea what joy was on the other side of helping his friend. We might not have any idea what might be on the other side of sacrificing for someone else, of growing up and growing out of ourselves to care for other people. And no matter our circumstances, we can find joy and happiness in Christ. We can experience flourishing, abundant, and joyful life in Jesus right now, today. May we grow up, may we grow out of ourselves as we love each other. Let's pray together. Jesus, as we move through this next week, help us to see the opportunities to sacrifice, to give up something we want to help those that we love. The call to follow you means we grow up, we grow out of ourselves to help those in need. And paradoxically, we know as we look out for others, we find joy, we find peace and contentment in you we never saw coming. We lift up all of the prayers spoken and unspoken today. And we pray together in the way Jesus taught his disciples to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.